For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. In our business, we're big fans of financial literacy and accountability. Knowing your numbers is an essential aspect of building a successful business and inherent responsibility for any entrepreneur. We also believe that what you focus on grows. So pay attention to your money. How do we stay up to speed on our numbers? We use Bench for our bookkeeping. It's simple, elegant, and saves us so many hours that would otherwise be spent neck deep in receipts on the other side of a spreadsheet. Each month, our transactions are automatically imported into Bench and we get on-demand financial reports. We even enjoy opening up our profit and loss statement to review each month. And when tax time comes around, we are up to date and ready to go. And this is what financial empowerment feels like. Head on over to anshe.co slash bench to save 20% off your Bench accounting plan for the first six months. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. Today, Jenny and I spoke with Jennifer Gaither, who is a business coach, entrepreneur, soul cycle instructor, and founder of the nonprofit Movement Foundation and We Dare to Bear. Jenny joined us from New York City, where due to COVID-19, she is quarantined, just like all of us at the time of this recording, and operating her business from a small apartment on the Upper East Side. We talked about the impact of COVID on her life and on the fitness industry in general. She has spent more than 10 years serving the fitness community around the world, and she is seen as a trailblazer and change maker in the body positive wellness space. Her work is focused on women and coaching them to beat their insecurities and lack of self-worth in order to achieve a confident, healthy, and happy life. Please enjoy our conversation with Jennifer Gaither. Welcome, Jenny, to the podcast. We're so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to chat with you guys. So when we booked this, it was a different world than what we are experiencing today. So I think let's just start with you telling us about where you live and what your life is like in this pandemic. (laughs) I live on the Upper East Side in New York City. And what a place to be. I live alone and in a tiny little studio apartment that I recently just moved to. So I moved Mm. from Brooklyn and I'm a Brooklyn girl. I love Brooklyn so much. And so it was already like a big step for me to move into the city, Upper East Side, and then this all happened. So yeah, it's been, I just think, you know, 
I find gratitude in the smallest of things. And I'm really grateful for Central Park and just the ability to walk outside for long periods of time and not have to worry about being close to somebody and just like also get that fresh air fix. And it really brings you back to perspective pretty quickly. And tell us, what was your life like pre-COVID? What was your business? <laughs> I have my hands in many, many things. I've been teaching at SoulCycle for 10 years, and that's sort of been my rock in my life and sort of this platform that I've been able to really use and the community and the network that I've been able to build to create all these other arms and things that I do. I also run a nonprofit. It's called Movement Foundation, and we use physical movement any type of physical movement, whether it be surfing or snowboarding or swimming. So sports to help women and young girls build self-worth and confidence. So we implement a body positive curriculum, mostly in underprivileged communities that give girls the space to feel comfortable in their bodies, to let out the aggression and the anger that they have. So a lot of kids are, especially in middle school, are acting out, they're bullying up against each other. And it gives them a safe space to move, let the energy out, and then to have productive, educated conversations around the body, how you know we have changes throughout life, whether it be going through, obviously having our period, but also like you're changing, ever changing <laughs> throughout life. It's not just like that one time. I feel like my body changes every single day, every single minute. So it's how do we learn to love ourselves and respect our bodies and learn how to treat our bodies in the way that our bodies are asking instead of what's always being promoted and thrown in our faces via social media or society because we're just being bombarded with information. So my nonprofit has that curriculum and we also we give out athletic scholarships internationally. So these are scholarships that help kids who don't have the means or necessarily the equipment or funds to participate in store in sports. So it makes sports approachable and accessible. And we actually decided to pivot with COVID because a lot of our programs were in schools and we decided to focus on the role models that have helped us build this entire empire, which is our instructors, which are our teachers. And we wanted to really give back to them. So our COVID-19 relief fund really focuses on providing the instructors who were all in studio working in real life, transfer their business to digital. And a lot of, you know, instructors haven't really had to have the business mindset. Obviously, they know how to market themselves on social media, but this is next level where they're having to really learn how to digitize their business from lighting, sound, marketing, sales, all of the above. So we wanted to provide them with funding to be able to do that. And also for the businesses that people that do have gyms, you know, they have rent to pay all these things. And then in addition, we're creating a webinar series for these instructors, bringing on Rockstar business coaches, all female focused, but from different backgrounds to really provide extra motivation, inspiration, and just really fruitful tips on how to sustain a business or start a business for all those like newer entrepreneurs right now. Sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> that yeah. happened to our life. Yeah. And then last but not least, I'm a life and business coach. So, sort of all these things have led me to coaching, whether it be helping. I have a program called My Brave Babe Blueprint. So I help women focus on building self-worth and confidence in order to really thrive professionally and personally. So learning how to self-advocate, 
overcome imposter syndrome, stand up for themselves, create healthy emotional boundaries, all those things. Um, and that sort of has evolved because a lot of the women I was working with were like young entrepreneurs, hungry, motivated people. Now I'm starting to help them build online businesses. So it's just been sort of like a really nice, everything's all connected, but there's a lot going on. (laughs) I'm so curious, Jenny, to hear about the nonprofit side and what drew you to creating a nonprofit and when did that happen and how did that all come about? Sure. Yeah. You know, when I was seven years old, I will never forget it. My parents tried to throw me in every type of sport, whether it be basketball, hockey, running. And I just, nothing clicked, nothing connected. And I was actually very, very awkward, just no hand-eye coordination. And so I found dance at the age of seven. And it was the first time that I felt and very much can feel to this day, this feeling that I would be able to impact the world through movement. And I just knew that that was going to be my purpose, but I didn't know how that would come to fruition or how that would end up taking shape. Long story short, I followed this love for dance through college, got a BFA from the University of Illinois, moved to New York, the hub of performance arts, and ended up quitting because I had uh, really bad eating disorders and body image issues and just really lost myself to the aspect of dance where it's so fixated on what you look like. And I just felt like I never would be the right size or shape to be the dancer that I quote needed to be. So the body image stuff drew me more to fitness, which is really interesting because I was in a soul cycle class, lights were out, right? I couldn't see what I looked like in the mirror, but I, Beyonce's playing. And I just had this moment where I was like, I am really strong and I might be more muscular and I might carry my weight more differently. But in this room, like in this practice right now, none of that matters. And what matters is how strong I am. And that's the first time I really learned to love strength and love strength within myself. So I left that class feeling sort of, again, tapped back into that deeper purpose that I felt at seven years old of that's so interesting women, because this was in 2012, were not having permission globally to accept themselves or to accept all shapes and all sizes and all ages of bodies. That wasn't the conversation at that time. Dove was the first brand to say, we're putting curvy women on our advertisements, but that was the only conversation, right? Like now we're in a day and age where body positivity, body neutrality, all these conversations are happening and it's amazing, but it was very different back then. So it almost felt really scary. It was, it was really scary to have these conversations, but I was like, no one's having them. So I'm going to, because I need to talk about this. So the more I started vocalizing what I was going through, the more I realized that I wasn't alone. And then once I realized I wasn't alone and I realized how big of an issue it was, I became a soul cycle instructor. So I'm coaching all these people, 65 people in one class, three times a day, 18 times a week. And I'm finding out people have body image issues and insecurities. And I just felt like, why not do something about it? So in order to help people, you have to help yourself first and figure out how you know to really overcome those obstacles. So I really leaned into what I was struggling with and Long story short, I ended up realizing that through movement, through community, through tapping back into our bodies, we are able to really find a more self-assured purpose and sense of confidence that I haven't been able to find elsewhere. And so I was like, this is the tool. This is the way. It's not about image. Working out is not about six packs. It's not about beach bodies. It's about 
feeling empowered in your own skin and that confidence that you carry within your body then is reflected at work. It's reflected in your personal relationships. It goes way beyond that cycling studio or that run outside. It's how you're asserting yourself at work and the things that you're asking for and the promotion that you deserve and the businesses that you're building. So that's how it was born. I essentially was asked to be a Lululemon ambassador and they were like, you have to write down goals. And I had never done a goal writing practice, which sounds so silly. And once I wrote it out, it was like, I want to start a nonprofit. I want to host large scale charity fitness events in multiple cities a year, similar to cycle for survival. But instead of everybody on bikes outside, I want everybody on bikes outside in sports bras, like all women, (laughs) hundreds and thousands of women promoting this message that we all should be celebrated and that that larger message could give back to some sort of preventative impact. And so then that idea spiraled into, well, what would be preventative impact? So we don't have to unpack all these things at 32, 42, 62, all these things that we've been dealing with our entire life. How can we get to kids earlier and show them that they are miracles? They have something to give to this world. They're all gifted. It doesn't stop or end with what they look like. It doesn't even begin there. So how do we educate them give them their hype girls, their hype guys, whatever it is, those role models, especially in those underserved communities that don't have access to that. So then that's how literally the evolution of the entire organization was born. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. Amazing. And so how do you fund it? So initially it sort of started backwards. My, the event became was like the first sort of stepping stone and then the organization was built. So I had this idea, we call this event, We Dare to Bear, and it's a fitness festival outside. And it started out with SoulCycle, a bunch of 150 bikes outside. And then now it's like, you know, SoulCycle and boot camp and dance and yoga and running. There's all different types of fitness happening in one day and people are fundraising to be there. So fundraising up to $2,500 to participate. And I was like, well, if I'm going to ask people to fundraise, cause I want to make, I really want to make impact. That was like the bigger, harder conversation of like, where do I want those funds to go? And I couldn't find an organization that I really aligned with. And that's when I decided to create movement. So the event happened, we raised $150,000 in our first event and we had funding to make impact. And so we're like, well, let's do this event again. And how can we scale it? So we've been scaling We Dare to Bear this event for, and we've done it over 15 times in San Francisco, Nashville, New York, LA. And then that led to larger partnerships and donors. So we work with, you know, bigger brands like Athleta and Reebok and all different types of brands that have now really shine light on our impact channels. So they will fund our scholarships. They'll fund our curriculum. So it's this really nice, like everything sort of bleeds into each other. Oh, I love that. So the money though, primarily was going to young girls, programs that were serving younger girls. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like designing the curriculum, did you play a role in that or did you do all of it? I didn't do all of it. We hired, so I started the organization in New York city because um, I moved here right out of college. And then I ended up moving to San Francisco, the Bay area where I met and brought on my founding partner, Sharina Lemley, and built a team in San Francisco. And we were there for five years. So I recently moved back to New York, but in San Francisco, I, you know, through networking and in just meeting amazing people, we met this woman, Karen Brown, who her 
job is she builds curriculums. And so she was like the head lead on building our curriculum, but I definitely, you know, I contributed for sure. And it's been really cool. We're creating a second version of it because we want to digitize it because the scaling our curriculum is by hiring instructors, bringing them into the schools, training them. It's a lot of work. So we want to be able to like digitize it. Anybody can do it. Corporate businesses could implement the curriculum if they wanted to for their employees, that type of thing. Hmm, I love that. I just, I think that story is so inspiring and empowering for our listeners to hear what's possible that you, you know, it started with a question that you were asked and then you allowed yourself to ruminate on the question and dream big and then to actually take the steps and follow through and implement all the way to see the vision executed over the course of years. It's so powerful. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live-streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. Unlike other startups, Namastream was created by women for women. If you're looking for a simple, streamlined way to build and grow an online business, you can learn more at namastream.com. So how much time do you spend on the nonprofit versus your other arms of your business in a week? Yeah, currently, so I was acting as CEO for, I would say like the first year or two, but me and my business partner, Sharina, were really running the organization day to day, all day, every day, where mm-hmm. like, you know, any startup and we were doing it voluntarily because it was such a passion of ours. We wanted it to be so, we had huge and still do visions and dreams for the organization and just never felt comfortable taking a salary. And we had part-time jobs, well, SoulCycle and all these other things. They are full-time jobs, but thankfully SoulCycle allowed me to have that extra time. So it was literally like (laughs) literally all day, 12 hour days, 12 to 14 hour days. And now I sit on the board of directors and, you know, I have meetings a few times a month. It's not the same. So we actually, we've scaled back a little bit to sort of reorg and rethink how to move forward because we've been hosting these large scale events for so long that we haven't really had the opportunity because we've been in the weeds of planning every event and so much planning goes into each event. So this year is like the first time we really like slowed down. And I, it's just kind of bizarre, I have to say the timing of it because our event is usually in May and with everything going on right now, this is the first time we decided not to do it in Mm. five years. So it's kind of weird, but um, kind of serendipitous, I guess you could say, but yeah. So right now we've slowed down and we're just allowing ourselves to go back to the drawing board and like create, which is really fun. So I think what's on so many of our clients' minds, so we help health and wellness instructors teach online to move their business online, which obviously we're in high demand right now. The conversation that I'm hearing is like, what's changing? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on moving forward. How do you see the fitness industry changing post-COVID or mid-COVID? Mid-COVID, post-COVID. That's a great question. I mean, from what I'm seeing is that people are really having to take a bigger, harder look at themselves and who they are 
as a brand instead of the brand that they were working for and to really self-identify, okay, like who am I and what are my strengths? What is my niche? What's the market? Who am I trying to touch and reach and speak to and why? I always go back to that why. I think that's the most important thing because I think super easy, especially as instructors and influencers, we can get really caught up in the numbers game. And it's really easy to get caught up in how many heads are in your class, how many followers you have in Instagram, how many dollars are coming into the bank account, but you lose sight of the why, the why you are doing this to begin with. And if you can really answer those harder, deeper questions of I'm showing up because I want to impact this demographic, this person, I want to help X, Y, and Z. And this is what I want to specialize in. You're going to have a much clearer path and much easier path, I think in reaching your goals and finding success because you're going to have, you're not going to go off in all these different forks in the road, trying to find yourself by following what's trending or what everyone else is doing. So I think to really hone in on what your skill set is, how you stand out as an instructor, are you a motivational instructor? Is that your thing? Like, are you sort of like Oprah in the room where you're like, literally getting people to think differently. So it's so much about mindset or are you more the instructor that's like incredibly, incredibly technical and like, you know how to train people into the best marathon shape of their life. Right. So it's like, what is it that you specialize in or want to specialize in and really fixate on those skills, honing those skills, letting them shine and then finding and seeking out those people and learning how to speak to them because usually they're there, they're just waiting, or they're already like sitting in your social media, you know, looking at your photos, but you could be speaking to them differently or already providing them guidance that will just help you create a bigger community and a deeper connection. So do you suspect that there's going to be a movement away then from working for bigger brands and more towards wellness professionals kind of prioritizing their own personal brand moving forward like from the inside do you feel like this scared enough people away from like sort of I don't want to say hiding but like living in under the cover of a bigger brand I definitely agree with that I definitely feel that and I think that's super exciting yeah I think it's super cool that like (laughs) so many people are like finally asking themselves like do I have what it takes to be an entrepreneur do I have what it takes to create something bigger than what I do in 45 minute classes? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes, everybody does, but it now we're being pushed in a big way. And it's like a survival way where you got to show up. You can't hide anymore exactly how you phrased it. And I think that's incredible. And we're, you know, I think it's just like lean into that because if you have the time and the space right now, why not? You have nothing mm-hmm. else to lose. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know what? yeah. Who's to say what's going to be left, right? When this is over, like what quote unquote jobs are left, and then how long are they there if they do come back? Exactly, and you know that's what I felt when I graduated college and moved to New York and was starting my nonprofit. So many people are like, "Wow, you were so brave." I was like, "Was I brave? I really had nothing to my name. Like I was twenty-two and." had nothing to lose. So it felt easy. Right. And I just sort of feel like we're back in that space where it's like, we don't really have a lot to lose right now. Right. We have no idea what we actually own or are coming back to. So you might as well throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. (laughs) Yeah. You're forced into action, right. Before you could play it safe and just like stay with your 
whatever, you know, fitness job or yoga studio job or whatever, and it was there, it is not there anymore. There's no guaranteed, right? And so there's a whole new level of thinking that we all need to adopt. And it's like, try something and see if it works. Try something else and see if it works. It might fail. You might fail. You might fail, but you'll finally find success and you have to do that or you just need to get out. So there's just... It's so interesting when we realize that we don't have control, like we never did have control, but really it's like in our faces, we do not have control of the world, but we do have control of how we think and how we're going to show up and how we're going to act. So all these people are facing some inner mindset issues, right? Like all the fears, like you need to work through it and you need to keep action. Otherwise you are done. And I think that's where the power comes in, right? Fear is always ever present, but I think we are busy. We stay busy. We stay like on our social media in our routine. We're working all the time with our loved ones that we don't, we're not feeling it as much, but now that we don't have as much to do, it's there. And I think that it's scarier to not pursue something and scarier to sit where you are and just like wonder what if, like, I've always been like, I rather know that I tried all options, exhausted all things and not know. And then in addition to that, it's like going back to your point of, you know, is everyone going to be branching off doing their own thing? I think what's really cool is like whatever you attempt right now or try to create or build is literally only going to help you. Even if your job is waiting for you, if it is not there, or if it is, it's both, it's a win-win either way. Cause now you have this extra income, you have this extra sort of business on the side. That's only going to help elevate everything else that you do regardless. So it's a win-win jumping in, I think. And it's going to be hard, right? Like it's not easy. And so I think the fitness industry is forever changed and the acceptance of online teaching and the acceptance of students or clients being willing to learn online has changed dramatically. It's fascinating to watch that all of a sudden, it's like totally okay to take a yoga class or a meditation class online, because right now, literally, that is the only option to practice. And so I think there's a lot of people forced into technology who maybe were avoiding it or didn't want to do it, or it was too hard. And for you to make a business now, you have to figure out technology, right? And it's not always easy. It's frustrating. And it's so this, these are like, again, the fear and the difficulty and the challenge. It's like you need to systematically work through every barrier to make it to the other side with a successful business, but you can do it. Absolutely. And you know, it's hard because it's new. I was thinking about this because it's been three weeks, right? Since we've been in quarantine, mm-hmm. almost four <laughs> three weeks, almost four. And I will tell you like the first week I was so resistant, like everyone else to like doing everything on my computer. And now it's just like, it's becoming normal, right? Mm-hmm. It's becoming part of the routine. It's like, I don't even really think about it as much, which is actually the crazy part. So it's hard because it's so new, but it won't always be hard. And I think right. that's an important thing to remember that anything that's new is really, really hard. Your first cycling class is really, really hard. The first time you try to learn a new language is really, really hard, but the practice of it, all of a sudden you forget where you started. And so I think that will happen with this as well. It's like, we won't even remember sadly probably what it felt like before this. Like we'll have to really dig back into our memory bank. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There was this great image on Instagram that was like, 
pre-COVID and it had like a yoga mat and a block and straps or whatever. And then it said post-COVID and it was like all that stuff plus like a lighting kit and a camera and a laptop. And like, this is the new reality. This is how we teach fitness or how we teach yoga. And it's like, yep, that's pretty much it. Literally, I have Amazoned every type of lighting equipment that they have. I think it's so funny. I get a new box every day. It's like, what am I ordering late night? Tie-dye socks, lighting equipment, sound equipment. It's just so funny. Yeah. It's a whole oh. new world. <laughs> Should we move into the joy and hustle? Okay. So Jenny, why don't you go ahead and share with us a joy and a hustle? So we ask all of our guests for something that's bringing you joy in this moment. It can be anything in your life, including non-material possessions or thoughts or whatever, and then a tool that can help our listeners hustle in their businesses. Cool. So my joy right now, what's great is like, I told you guys the story of how I fell away from dance and dance has definitely come back into my life. Now I have a healthy relationship with my body and healthy relationship with dance. And what brings me joy is I have dance parties every day and I'm actually now hosting dance parties online virtual classes, but it's for all dancers, non-dancers. And the whole goal is to like remind ourselves, especially now to have fun and to like get out of our heads and be silly and literally dance like nobody's watching because no one is, (laughs) no one's around. So that's been a big joy of mine. And then a tool in terms of the tool, could it be like a software or is it like something tangible or is it any type of tool? Anything. Your favorite lighting kit you ordered. Anything. (laughs) Um, Out of the like 20 lights you ordered. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a tool that I would suggest is I bought this 10 foot selfie ring light (laughs) from Amazon. And it is, I can send you guys the link. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It is $62 and it's adjustable. It's like essentially on a tripod you can go horizontal or vertical Mm. with your phone comes with all different like moods of lighting works really well if you're taking videos or photos in your apartment we all need that we should all just go buy that right now (laughs) i know i feel like if i could turn my screen around you would see like my umbrella stands all around like my little office is so crowded because of all of the external light like the audio equipment and the lighting equipment and people who come over like my house guests who don't really understand what it is that i do for a living are always like what do you do in there like (laughs) youtube star like like are you do you make commercials (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) this is just what it is now to like work. This is now you're all going to be like this. Like now it's all going to be normalized. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have so much respect for just like people who are behind the scenes on like creating any sort of set. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Mad respect for all the details and sound and lighting and all of it. Yeah. I respect it so much Uh more. So Jenny, where can people find you if they want to learn more about your nonprofit and all the other things you do? Where can they reach you? Yeah, you could go to my website, jennygather.com or my organization's website, which is movement, but movement is spelled M-O-V-E-M-E-A-N-T. So there's an A in there, dot org or at Jenny Gaither on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you. Such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, it was you. a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I love what you guys do. Thank you.
Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start, to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free.